happy Pride and happy Father's Day. We recognize that today is really kind of full of complex emotions for people. Some have really wonderful relationships with their father, and today is a really happy, good day. Uh, some have lost their father, and today is really hard. Some have had abusive dads emotionally, uh, verbally, or even physically. And others have had a kind of a combination of good memories and hard memories. So today can be complicated, and we recognize that. And every Mother's and Father's Day, I get a little nostalgic. It makes me think about family, brings back memories of my family. And, um, and I'm so grateful for the ways my own father really pushed the boundaries in his time. And, you know, most kids who I knew who had a pastor as a father had really challenging relationships with their dads or very distant relationships. And their dad often wasn't around and I am so grateful for my dad because he chose to have a home office where he could spend time with us instead of being at the church all the time. And so he'd play ping pong and tennis and basketball and we'd have lots of game nights. And he chose to be more present with us. And I'm so grateful for that. And being a, a pastor uh, in the Midwest is hard enough. And he, he really tried to, to uh, put us first. And, and I'm grateful for that. And I just turned 36 on Friday, and it's a really weird feeling. The older I get, the more I'm flooded with memories of my childhood, I have things I haven't thought about in 20 years. And most are really amazing, fun memories, some kind of weird memories, partly because we grew up in the bubble that was 90s evangelical Christianity. And if you grew up in that world, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you did not grow up in that world... You, it was a whole subculture in itself. Um, and I mention that because much of the political anti-LGBTQ rhetoric today has its roots in that time, in evangelical Christianity, in that subculture. And I am really grateful my parents questioned a lot of the values from that um, subculture really early on, even through questioning some of kind of the gender norms around marriage. When I was a kid, my friends would think it was pretty radical that my dad would help clean the kitchen and do the dishes because in their home, that was mom's job. And so my parents kind of pushed some boundaries in a lot of ways. Uh, but the American evangelical Christianity in which I and my family grew up in has long been tied to this idea of family values. And with that, it was this idea that if the traditional nuclear family was threatened, then it was almost as if society would collapse. And we kind of still hear that rhetoric today. And you know, it was a big part of um, Nixon's presidential campaign in 1968, early 70s. And it was a huge part of Reagan's campaign in 1980. Protect our children, protect the family. So anything that challenged uh, traditional gender roles in marriage, anything that challenged marriage between a man and woman was a threat to society. And it was Christian evangelicalism that had the answers on how to date, how to be married, how to raise kids, how to have sex, uh, what or whom to fear, how to vote. They had the answer. And so in 1977, James Dobson's focus on the family entered the scene in Colorado, and they provided a source for Christians to know the right way to raise a family and, and how to protect the family from threats like feminism or homosexuality or media. 
and so that same year, the first organized movement against homosexuality began in Florida called Save Our Children. It was led by celebrity singer Anita Bryant. And it began because there was a new Florida ordinance that banned discrimination based on sexuality. And they saw that ordinance as a threat to kids because it meant that schools could hire teachers who were gay. And homosexuality was seen by conservative Christians as a threat to America, a threat to children. And that's a view that we still see today in some areas of politics. And it's definitely a view that we still see today in, in much of the world. Uh, a couple years after 1977, when the Save Our Children movement began, Jerry Falwell formed the Moral Majority and it kind of tied these social stances to politics. And if you want to look into kind of a deep dive at the history of the connection between Christianity and politics and anti-gay movement and masculinity and gender roles, uh, there's an American historian, Kristen Cobes Dumay, uh, has a book called Jesus and John Wayne that's a really fascinating look at those connections. Um, so, so for a lot of American uh, history in the 20th century, traditional family values were the Christian way in America. So I want us today to read some of the family values of Jesus. Uh, so we go to Luke 12, verse 51. Jesus says, it's something kind of provocative and shocking. He says, do you think that I've come to bring peace to the earth? No, instead I've come to bring division. I have come to turn a son against his father. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Happy Father's Day from Jesus. Jesus does not sound like much of a family man here. When we go to Matthew 12, Jesus was speaking to the crowds, and his mom and his brothers were standing outside wanting to speak to him, and someone told Jesus, your mom and brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you. And Jesus replied, who is my mother and who are my brothers? And then he pointed to his male disciples. He said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my mother, brother, and sister. These are radical, radical sayings. For Jesus, family went beyond lineage. It went beyond blood, beyond a family name, beyond an inheritance. And in Jesus's world, your family inheritance and where you were in your family lineage and your willingness to carry on the family name and the work was everything. And so you can see how the values of Jesus would cause conflict among families. I mean, values that elevated the worth of women, that challenged the authority of men, that, that called teenagers to leave their families, their inheritance, their family jobs to follow him. Jesus broke families apart. Living the values of Jesus can cause conflict. And some of you all at Mission Gathering have experienced this conflict in your families, maybe around LGBTQ inclusion. And maybe you're still experiencing conflict. But Jesus, in his day, challenged his society's views of traditional family values. Family to Jesus meant anyone 
who does the will of God. So what's the will of God? What are the family values of God? The prophet Micah tells us the Lord requires us to do justice and to love mercy and kindness and to walk humbly with God. And Jesus said that the will of God for us above everything else is to love your neighbor as yourself, to love your enemy, to pray for those who cause hurt. So anyone who does those things, that's, that, is, that is your family. That's the family of Jesus, whoever does those things. A 2013 Pew Research survey found that 4 in 10 people who are LGBTQ were rejected by a close family member or friend because of their sexual orientation. That was nearly half. The Trevor Project reports around 3 out of 10 LGBTQ youth experience homelessness at some point in their lives because of rejection from their families. And so to those of you who have experienced rejection from family, father, mother, someone who should have been a safe place for you, someone who did not know uh, how to accept you uh, because of what they've been taught, know that your true family the true family of Jesus is a chosen family. For Jesus, biology did not determine family. For Jesus, the connection to your biological family did not determine your worth. Your identity is deeper than that. Jesus blurred the boundaries between family and non-family. And so we honor today all those who have offered any kind of fatherly, protective love regardless of having a shared last name with the person. We give thanks for the dad who hugged his child and said, I love you, when his child came out to him. We give thanks for those families willing to learn, to grow, to change and question their views because they realize that their child's safety and humanity was more important than theology. We give thanks for you today. And we give thanks for the allies who stand with our LGBTQ family. Thanks for all of those working for equal rights and protections for all. We give thanks for the people who put humans above theology, who put love above theology. Oh, may you have a day full of gratitude. Go in peace. Happy Father's Day. Happy Pride.